listen to your body because your body is talking to you. You got to listen to it. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 57. Today I welcome a good friend from my old days in Philadelphia. Donna is a fellow runner. She's also my soror. We go way back. Let me tell you a little bit about Don. She's an award-winning communication professional with over 25 years in journalism, media relations, sports marketing, and event management. Don is the owner of Elite Access Running, a full-service race management and wellness company that specializes in event management, public relations, social media, and wellness for athletes, organizations, and premier races. She is a USATF certified running coach. She provides one-on-one and group coaching for runners, pace, team coordination for races. And her company, Elite Access Travel, organizes destination races for athletes and organizations. She is a native of Philadelphia and has been running all her life. Please welcome Don to the show. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Tell me, what made you start running? Wow, let's see. I'm laughing at the same time as or smiling <laughs> because <laughs> if my when my friends hear this, if they heard you ask me that question, I've always been a runner. <laughs> um, I've been running since middle school. Okay. Okay. Yes. I started off running with my church. My church um, in Mount Carmel Baptist Church in West Philadelphia had a church track team. So I ran with oh, my really? church. I've never heard of church having a track team. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> we, we actually had church meets. So it was a number of churches that actually had a teams. So I ran with my church and with my middle school, Sarah Middle School. Okay. So what events did you run in middle school? Do you remember like what uh, distance? That's another funny thing. So <laughs> starting out, <laughs> it'll make sense shortly. Um, starting out, I was a sprinter. Okay. <laughs> but once I got to high school, my high school coach had us running everything. So I okay. ended up becoming a middle distance to long distance runner. So I ran everything okay. from the 400 on up. Okay. <laughs> so when you were in middle school, you you did, you sprint, you did the short distance. I was a sprinter. So school, more like, the yes, exactly. The middle school was more like the 100, 200. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Did you do any other sports growing up or just running? All we could do, my t- my track t- club, my it's so funny, my high school coach had us traveling the world. So we traveled okay. all the time. So we never had time for any other sports. <laughs> By design, we ran cross country, indoor, outdoor, then summer. 
So all year round. <laughs> when you were in high school, did you have a distance that you preferred? Um, did you like cross country better than like outdoor track or what was your preference at the time? Great question. At the time, we were so conditioned to run everything that we couldn't have a favorite. <laughs> oh, really? He was like... So conditioned. I'm telling you, and it's a, it's a great thing when we look back because we're still friends with our track coach to this day. Really? He's amazing. He, he got so much out of all of us, the best out of all of us. But if, if I look back and say what my favorite would have been, I think would have been if I could choose, it probably would have been the 800 or the 1500. Or at that okay. time, it was a 1600. Okay. So you like you more like the longer distance, the endurance races. Yes, yes. That's, that was good for me to be right in between. <laughs> okay. Did you did you do better at those or did you do well at all of them? I did well at all of them. <laughs> because it was so funny because this is the thing. My, my track coach, and it's so funny, people never understood when we tell them our secret. My track coach was a mathematician. He was a math teacher. Oh, really? Okay. So to win meets, to win like the public league meets and... So, we, so for example, my whole four years of school, we won every season. So okay. to win, you had to have everybody running everything to get the points. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. My senior year, I ran four events. I ran the, make sure I get it right. I did the 800, the 1600, the 3200, and I ran a leg on the four by four. Okay. So that's a lot of points for one person. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so just imagine me with all my other teammates racking up the points. <laughs> okay. 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 So he, so he knew how to win and get the best out of everyone. Well, that's great. You went to college on a track scholarship. Is that correct? I did. I did. Um, initially, I went to Virginia State for one year. Then I ended up transferring to, and I went to Delaware State College at the time. Now okay. university. So did you, in what events did you run in college or all of them? Actually, college was a little different. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> in college, I did cross country and I ended up being more of a middle distance, 800 on up. Okay. So kind of similar to high school. You said you always ran. Did you ever stop running? I did. <laughs> after, after college, I took a nice break <laughs> I picked it back up after the birth of my son. Okay. And what, is it just because you wanted to get back to it or what made you start again? So after college, I did stop running, but I did pick it up before my son. So I guess I kind of somehow started, stopped again. And so I should say since the birth of my son, my son is now 12. I've been okay. consistent you know, okay. for 12 years, consistent. So I picked it back up to lose weight. Okay. Initially. So what made you stop? Were you just kind of tired and just um, burnt out or? I think just kind of tired. I guess life kind of took over. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because thinking back, I'm like, I don't know how that could happen. Because now I can't imagine stopping in terms mm -hmm. of the whole working out process. Because now mm -hmm. I do a good mix. So I'm not just running. I'm I'm in the gym daily and I'm, you know, with cross training and cycling. But somehow it has stopped everything. I don't know how, but I did. <laughs> you just got busy with life. I don't understand. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But now I know better. It's my lifestyle now. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh -huh. 
when you started back, did you have a goal in mind? Or you just be like, I'm just going to lose weight. Did you have a, I'm going to run a 5k. I'm going to run a half marathon. What was your, what were your goals when you first started back? Yeah. Yeah. My initial goal was to lose weight. And then from there, I started small, meaning I started off with a 5k. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how did you um, transition into running marathons? Cause that would be the longest distance you ever ran. Cause what in high school, we, yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I think in high school, the longest distance I may have run in high school outside of cross country, I think one time we did do 10 miler back then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So getting into uh, marathons, I actually, I started off with the Broad Street Run. Okay, ten miles. You know, being yeah. from Philly, you know, typical mm-hmm. races. It's one right? of my favorite races. Mm-hmm. And, exactly, mine to this day. Yes. After getting into the Broad Street Run, I did it as an athlete with determination, the American Cancer Society. And so, with that, um, we—I say we because now I've, I've been involved with the American Cancer Society for the last twelve years now. So, with the determination program, it's an endurance program that prepares athletes to do the 10 miler, which is the broad street run. Mm-hmm. And the next step would be the marathon. So I ended up running, actually, I think after I did the 10 miler, I did the, the Rothman 8K. Okay. Yes. I've done that before. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did the 8K. I'm still doing the baby steps. I did the 8K and then I advanced to, I think I did the half next. Mm-hmm. And then I did the full. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of, took it easy. So how long did it take you to progress to from a 5k to a full marathon? Oh boy. I guess it it was, it ended up being a few years, a few years, I think probably like more like two years, a couple years. Okay. 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 So how many marathons have you done total? I have done four. I did Philly twice. My, so my first marathon was Philly, of course, okay. being from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> so after Philly, I did New York and then I did Chicago. You okay. know that. <laughs> and then the fourth time was Philly again. I actually did it with a client as a coach. I coached someone and did, did, it, with the, and did it with them. So what is your favorite marathon and why? would you say? Chicago. <laughs> it's funny, Chicago. I want to say Philly because Philly is a, is a great first marathon, but Chicago, I, I really enjoy Chicago because they were very organized. Everything was like right there. I mean, it was amazing. You couldn't get lost. You, you know, it was just, everything was just right there. It was, it was just amazing. Very organized. There were people on during the course, very great with ch- crowd support, even though I could say the same things with Philly as well as New York, but Chicago, um, I think took, took it over. It's your me. favorite. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what is your least out of the four and why? Uh-oh, least. Your least favorite, yeah. I think, I think New York. Because New York, it was just like a journey to get. Yeah, I did it in seventeen. That was my last one. Mm-hmm. The whole Staten Island thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's major. It's it's real major. Yeah, it's a lot to that. It, I mean, not to say not to take anything away totally yeah. from New York. Because I would definitely say, out of those, I would say out of the three marathons, definitely do all three of those <laughs> if you're if you're into marathoning. <laughs> So I will definitely say do Philly, do New York, do Chicago. But I think New York was my least favorite. 
because that's because the whole journey to get there. So you've done Philly twice. Was it because they changed the course, right? Did you do it the old course and the new course? I think it was still the same. I think it was still the same. Okay, what okay, happened okay. was they changed the course. They changed it back. Oh, they changed it back. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. okay, okay, okay. Sometimes people think that your voice doesn't have a you have you can't you don't have a voice. But Philadelphia, we showed that we had a have a voice. Once the course changed, mm-hmm. we definitely spoke up as runners mm-hmm. because it was like added hills, added extra extra. You know, some stuff was taken away. They brought it back. They made it back because it was it was nothing. It should have been changed. It was just, it was okay, okay the way it was. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I didn't realize it changed it back. So, what made you start coaching and doing race management? Yes, I guess as a lifelong runner, it was a natural progression because I started off coaching. I did high school coaching, I did college coaching, and then now I'm coaching all ages. I should say, actually, you know what, as I back up a bit, I started off coaching initially with the American Cancer Society. Okay. With the the determination program. That's how Mm -hmm. I actually started. And then from there, yeah, that's when I did high school, college, and just all ages there. But um, yes, it was a natural progression with our program because I was already an athlete within determination. So it was a natural progression to coach as you look at different areas that you can help out, whether it's fundraising fundraising coach and endurance coach. So it was a natural progression because I enjoyed the sport so much. I was like, you know what? I could, I want to help others. Okay, okay. Okay. So what about the race management? How long have you been doing that? And what exactly is race management? Yes. Race management is something I truly enjoy. So in addition to the race management, I, t- I tacked on something else I'll mention briefly and I can ex- expand okay. on also is with the love of the sport is I have pacing as well. So, so with the elite access running, so we have a unique mix of my background being in um, journalism and public Mm -hmm. relations. So we do the event management side, meaning that we can come do a 5k run for someone. And that has, that has popped up quite a bit with different nonprofit organizations. Oftentimes they need someone to actually plan it from start to finish, Mm -hmm. or as they say in the event world, soup to nuts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Oh, from 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 beginning to end or start to finish, which okay. sounds a little better. Start to finish. So yeah. So everything from getting the course mapped out, anything from getting the timer for the race, helping out with sponsors. So everything you would do to produce a quality run, spreading the word, PR. So um. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we do a good mix of that. In addition to with the pacers. So, for example, I work with different races like the Love Run in particular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great example because with the Love Run, and it, we do public relations for the Love Run. We staff the pacers. So we have okay, pacers okay, everywhere okay. from a, yes, everywhere from a seven minute pace to a 12 minute pace. Okay. So we're those fun people out there that hold the stick to get you to your goal. Mm-hmm. Time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So was it a hard process to become a run coach or you felt that since you've been running your whole life, it was kind of a natural progression? I would say a good combination, natural progression in terms of uh, understanding people when they don't want to run, they get extra motivation to run. But I did enjoy the experience for coaching experience because I'm a USA track and field coach. And Mm -hmm. I, I chose the USA part because USATF because of 
being in the schools. That's one of the ones okay. that okay. schools actually look at. But yeah, so that part of it was was unique because I was able to tie in my practical hands-on experience with the, the book knowledge, the study knowledge, knowing exactly why we train, why we while we stretch, while we do dynamic stretching versus static stretching. So that helped out quite a bit. So it's, a, it's an ongoing learning experience. What is the most rewarding aspect of coaching, would you say? The most rewarding is, is um, hearing from my athletes and say, I did it. And not <laughs> only did they accomplish their goal to finish, extra bonuses, they got the time they wanted. So that, that's, that's mm-hmm. an extra bonus too. Okay. But that's to help, help someone complete their goal. Do you find it hard to balance coaching with your own personal fitness and running goals? No, I actually enjoy it because I'm um, especially when I was doing it with the young people in high school and college, I was able to run with them. So that was, that was fun. So kind of like a, a, a nice challenge for myself <laughs> Okay, <laughs> to get okay. out there and press the pace a little bit. But even with other clients that may not be as, as fit as the high schoolers or the college or fast as fast, even as more rewarding because people tend to run um, at different ages. So I may get someone that's at age 60 that's running their first marathon or their first half marathon. It's just as rewarding. And because I can not so much press the pace as much, but I can slow the pace down and you know, have those easier days and just balance it out even more. So I enjoy running with my um, clients as well, when possible. (laughs) Since you've been running all your life, have you had any significant injuries over the years? Ooh, knock on wood, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I haven't. Yes, I haven't. But it's funny because as I say that, I'm dealing with something right now. I'm not quite sure what's going on. My calf is bothering me a little bit. Uh, I did do something different. I had some cute shoes on. <laughs> heels. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. Some heels. <laughs> I did something a little different. It was carrying a little extra. So I don't know. I don't know if I strained my calf. So I'm kind of going through the um, checklist of different things going on because it's taking a little longer to heal. How long has it been bothering you? Yeah, it's been bothering me since October. Yeah, and yeah. I've been to the doctor. Okay, yeah, I've been okay. to the doctor. Good. So we're going out. <laughs> yes, yes. That's one thing I don't wait, and I haven't been running. So, okay, I've been taking it easy. So I've I've gotten ultrasounds on it. So I'm definitely a proponent when I tell my clients I practice what I preach. I definitely don't press it. I go check it check it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm staying on my physician. I'm going back to the doctor next week. So I'm like, hey, we gotta figure this out. <laughs> okay. Thinking about health and, and physicians, can you tell me about a health care that you had in 2019? Yes, yes. I, and one of the things I like to share with everyone, um, and it bears repeating, uh, you'll probably hear me repeat it again. Definitely know your body, know your body and listen to your body. Mm-hmm. And that is that is so key, as you know, mm-hmm. as an mm-hmm. athlete, fellow athlete. So the reason I say know your body, because as an athlete, we know our body. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I turned 50 in 2019. Woo-hoo. Yay. <laughs> Although she was 40 or 30 May at the most. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Happy dance. <laughs> so turning 50, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm getting everything checked out. And it just so happened. I started off with the heart because my, my business partner, Kendra Todd Dixon, She's my partner with Elite Access. She had a hole in her heart. 
really? that went undetected. How did they discover it? Knowing her body, mm-hmm. knowing something wasn't quite right as a runner, as a fellow mm-hmm. runner. And mm-hmm. so she started getting checked out and asking questions. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, exactly. So hearing that she had a hole in her heart and she was, and she actually had a um, surgery and everything. Oh, I said, yeah, you know okay. what? I'm going to start out with my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I wasn't expecting to find anything per se, but I said, I'm going to start with my heart. I spoke to my primary doctor and he referred me to a cardiologist mm-hmm. and went to the cardiologist. He said, Oh, nope, nothing's wrong with you. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. I guess mm-hmm. I checked out, checked all the boxes correct, you know, in terms of how I looked and everything. What did he do? Just a regular test and an EKG? And yes, exactly. I did the EKG, I did the stress test. I did like three, four different exams. Okay. All the typical okay. heart exams. So, so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm okay. Flashing forward, like three, I would say like three months after that, I actually had a conference in Florida and one of my projects, um, I'm a member of um, National Association of Black Journalists. So I coordinate their annual 5K. I was there for the week, did the course, ran the course, rode my bike on the course and everything. So the last day, well, the last day that we're there for the conference is Sunday and the race is actually Saturday. So I don't do the race with the, the, the everyone. I actually mm-hmm. do the race on Sunday after everything is over. So my son and I did it on Sunday. And typically I'm used to him doing like a run walk, and which mm-hmm. is fine because it's fun. I make him earn his medal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I earn my medal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but at this time, I was enjoying the start and stopping because my chest started hurting. Really? Okay. So I'm like, whoa, what's going and on? And it was an easy run walk. And your chest. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm a marathoner. I could do a 5K, if, you know, mm-hmm. my eyes closed, <laughs> you know, very, a piece of cake. So I'm like, okay, something's not right. So I go back home to that and made an appointment with that same cardiologist. And in the okay. meantime, as I'm waiting for my appointment, I'm training with my, my workout partner and I couldn't even run a half mile without That's... my heart, my chest hurting again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Something's wrong, yeah. And, yeah, and mind you, I didn't have this pain before. Mm-hmm. So before I was just doing preventative, you know, I'm being, yeah. you know, I'm checking it out. So I went back to the same cardiologist. He did the same test. And mm-hmm. then he said to me, get out of here. Nothing's wrong with you. Go see a neurologist. Mm-hmm. A neurologist. Well, at that time. Why did he want you to see a neurologist? Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it, was your, it was your chest hurting, like on the left it's side. It's my chest hurting, not okay, my head, okay. not my brain. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I had no clue what this, what this meant. He didn't look like us. <laughs> did he give you a monitor or anything? Like, did, did, did you ever he have did like not. a... Um, okay. He did not. I did all those tests. But like I said, apparently I looked a certain way. And he was a, he's a marathoner at that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't at that time... Unlike the time before, I wasn't taking no for an answer. Again, know your body. Yeah, because you knew you, it's not yeah. normal for you to have chest pain running a 5K or running at all. At all, exactly. And listen, and listen to your body. That's right. Listen to your body because your body is talking to you. You got to listen to it. So I was like, okay, forget him. And, and funny, funny enough, even though it seems to be hard to get appointments now with due to COVID, but at that time, for some reason, it was really hard to get a cardiologist appointment. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have heart issues because I actually had yeah. an issue with my heart 
after um, a ski trip, I thought I had like a blood clot because, you know, sometimes you get blood clots after having a long flight, even though it really wasn't a long flight. But I was short of breath just yeah. walking. Yeah. And I thought on a mountain, I thought it was the altitude. But when I got home, I was still short of breath. So I went to the emergency room and they did all these tests and I didn't have a pee. Then my primary care doctor wanted me to see a cardiologist and they made me um, do all these, these tests and I had to wear a monitor. And every time I had, wow. I was having these palpitations. So I had to like oh. no time every time I did it. And then I had an echo and then I saw the sports cardiologist. He said that oh. um, I didn't want to drop dead doing a race, or, you know, that's it. That's it. He said mm-hmm. that I was, my heart looked like an endurance athlete. I, it wasn't that because they mentioned something about my heart was sticking on the echo, but he's like, it's, it's kind of normal with endurance. And he said that I was basically stressed and overtrained. So after I saw him, maybe wow. I, I, all my symptoms went away. <laughs> Okay. So maybe it was just stress and overtraining. All my symptoms went and it never has come back. But it, it scared me. It's, but I knew something wasn't right because I'm like, I shouldn't be short of breath just walking. But it is important. And I think a lot of yes. times they actually done studies with um, patients like who go to women doctors versus male doctors and how women doctors listen more, particularly with women with chest pain. Because sometimes our, if you have issues with your heart, it's atypical from a guy's presentation when they have problems mm-hmm. with their heart. And some people don't, or they don't take the time or they don't realize that when they see women patients. Oh yeah, I, I agree because the doctor that actually found it, the difference was she listened to me. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I should say, when I say found it. So basically what happened was after I left that doctor, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move on. So I was able to, in the in the midst of finding um, the cardiologist that, that found out what was going on, I did have a, a program, a service through my insurance carrier, which is amazing. It's called Grand Round. It's a service that some insurance carriers offer. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find a pulmonary doctor as well as a cardiologist online. And okay. just what happened, they were in Denver. And oh, really? they encouraged me. Yes, they encouraged me to press on based on everything I shared with them, like I'm sharing with you. Okay, okay. They said, you know what? It sounds like something's going on. Something's wrong, yeah. And yeah, something's wrong. So definitely pursue it. So I ended up going to Temple because my business partner went to Temple. Okay, Temple for Health. her heart. Okay. Yes, exactly. And initially, they didn't find out what was going on because you mentioned it earlier. As athletes, this is a testimony that I want to it's part of what I'm sharing ongoing as mm-hmm. athletes, our hearts are strong. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to detect, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And the difference is the new cardiologist listened and she's a female. So she listened mm-hmm. to me and was like, okay, I'm going to help her find out what's going on because something's clearly wrong. Unlike the first doctor. So come to find out after all the same different tests, they had me run on a treadmill with the stress test. And the difference mm-hmm. is this time, I ran really quick. I ran really fast and stopped mm-hmm. abruptly. Okay. That way they can tell that my heart took a little longer mm-hmm. to recover. Oh, okay. So you did, the other yeah. one, they had you on a treadmill, but it wasn't enough, I guess. It was just easy. Easy peasy. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you think about a stress test, right? <laughs> so um, <laughs> in this case, I stopped abruptly and they, they figured out something was going on. So mm-hmm. at that time, it was a case. They went, they wanted me to stay. And then they ended up putting a catheter in my wrist. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the, the work of modern technology 
the American Heart Association is amazing mm-hmm. because in the past they've done it much different. But they went in my wrist. I'm looking at my wrist now. Mm-hmm. You can't even tell that anything happened. So they didn't go through your growing. They went through your wrist. Okay. Yep, exactly. It was amazing. Uh-huh. So the recovery, of course, is much better. So they went through my wrist and found out that something was going on. So they had to act. I ended up having 99% blockage in my left artery. And they call that a widow maker. Season three, we will continue the new segment called Ask the Dub. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, go to my website, www.weouilife.com. Click on the tab, voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. So, it's interesting, as healthy as you are and as much as you work out, that you had that significant amount of blockage. Yes, yes. It is, it's, it's, it's wild because so a couple things I'll share um, that I didn't know initially. So in addition to knowing your body, listening to your your body, knowing your family history. Okay. So, so key. So my, my grandfather died at 45 from heart disease. Didn't realize that. No one's talking about it. You know what I mean? So now that I know that, I'm making sure that my son, he has an appointment next week to get his heart checked out. Even mm-hmm. though he's only 12, he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. So the fact that um, I have a family history of this, and as, and as I state that, even though some of us are predisposed or mm-hmm. a predisposition to this, still can combat this. We can still fight this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Especially if you do know in advance, even more reason. you have a history. But you, knew, you didn't have any issues with high cholesterol or anything like not. that. I did not. So 99% blockage. They put a catheter in. I have a stent in, in my heart now. Mm-hmm. And my recovery time was really quick. It was um, two weeks. And funny enough, the doctors at the time made a joke. They said, I hope no marathons. <laughs> did you go back to running after two weeks? Um, I did not. I, I decided okay. that. Um, so they made a joke, no marathon. I said, well, first of all, I, I had to train for a marathon. So I'm definitely okay. not doing <laughs> marathons, first of all. But no, I actually decided to take a month off. Just to be on the safe side. Prior to that, I stopped running altogether because doctors were saying, because after I, I did the online doctors, I did go to a pulmonary doctor. And she was like, oh, you're fine. Nothing's wrong oh, with you. Okay. You can still continue running. But again, you those doctors you're don't like, know. No, you're like, I don't want to have to drop dead running. That's why, yeah. Exactly. You know, no. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the business I'm in, Unfortunately, I'm at races all the time. People die at every every marathon. I, I hate to say it. Every marathon, half marathon, somebody is dying. Because you don't know. You just don't know. They don't the, the races don't always tell you what happened, but behind the scenes, we see what happens. Unfortunately, I think it happens for the same reason. They don't know. Either the person either didn't listen to their body or just didn't know. Because their heart is strong. I've been doing a lot of research in terms of um, heart disease. And you mentioned earlier, our symptoms are truly different than men. And then there are some cases 
when people are having heart problems, I heard a story recently, people are having heart problems and it's not necessarily due to a clogged artery. Mm-hmm. It could be something called SCAD you may have heard about before. Mm-hmm. So it's more common in women. Can you explain that to my listeners? Oh, sure, sure. It's just, I don't know the actual abbreviation, but I can tell you what it is. I should have looked at the abbreviation. It's a chest pain that mm-hmm. some women get, and it's it's coming from a, a tear in the artery muscle. Okay. And it's more common in women. Okay. And, and one thing I always like to share now, as I knew more and more about heart disease, is that we have agency over this disease, meaning that we can fight this disease. So 80% of heart disease is preventable. Uh, heart mm-hmm. attacks, all this is, is preventable. It's preventable by eating less, mm-hmm. eating healthier, mm-hmm. moving Exercise. more, mm-hmm. staying active, exercising. Listen to your doctor. If you do have like high blood pressure, take your medicines and, and all that good stuff until your doctor says that you're okay. Yes, yes. yes. Eat your veggies. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. So um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a proud advocate um, of heart disease now. I do a lot of work with the American Heart Association as a result of what I've gone through. It's interesting how that just the fact that you listen to your body, because if you didn't listen to your body, I mean, it could have been a totally different outcome. I remember telling different people during the time I was having this pain. I kept saying, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. So my goal was to find it out by my 50th birthday, which was in November, November 6th of 2019. I didn't find out then. So my new goal was to find out by the new year mm-hmm. before 2020. And I was so pleased to find out, so blessed to find out two days after Christmas when mm-hmm. I found out what was going on. So I mm-hmm. thought I was going in for a routine stress test mm-hmm. and, and they just kept me overnight. Okay. <laughs> so okay. thank God it was overnight. But this is a kicker too. As I talk about this, I'm really good friends with my cardiologist. She's a, she's amazing. What's her what's her name? Dr. Sabrina Islam. Okay. Dr. Sabrina Islam. Yeah, at Temple Health. And it's so funny because um she did the heart walk with me most recently. The heart walk was on my birthday. She did the heart walk with me, but I I've, I've been saying all this time, it wasn't until recently she corrected me. I've been saying all this time that she saved my life, her and her team. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was her and her team. I said, "Y'all, you saved my life." She's doing you saved your life. Mm-hmm. She said, because I tell people to do what you already were doing. Mm-hmm. So when, when people have a heart attack, doctors tell them they have to work out, they have to work out, eat better, da 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 da. So everything I've already been doing, I've already been taking preven- preventative measures already. Mm-hmm. So had I not been doing that, I may not be here today to share my story. Yes, that's true. That's true. That is so true. Question, when you started back running, were you nervous? Actually, I, I wouldn't say nervous. I was just like, um, oh, take it easy. Felt immediately a difference. I had no pain. I'm like, oh, no pain. Like, this is how I was before, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm 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 repaired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And okay. it's so funny, my sorority sister, she had heard me because she had some heart issues and she was encouraging me. Right after it happened, like you have to share your story. So what? Someone, you know, sometimes people say, you know, they're not ready to share their story, or mm-hmm. they don't know. It wasn't even a thought because she had already told me I had to share it. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. right after, I'm like blogging about it. You never know who else is out there going through the same situation. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And doctors know what we tell them. 
And that's why it's so important to keep a journal, mm-hmm. keep a little notebook with you. If you're having some kind of pain, write it down. That mm-hmm. way, when you get to your doctor, when you speak to your doctor, you can let them know, okay, on this day, I had this pain, mm-hmm. this reoccurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's important yes. if you don't, like your your first opinion, your doctor really didn't listen to you or didn't give you the service no. that you needed. It's important to seek another opinion if you feel that you're not getting what you need from the first physician or even if it's a physical like if you're injured and going to therapy and you feel like you're not Mm -hmm. getting i mean we have if you especially if you have health insurance you pay for it for a reason so you should basically get your money's worth i mean a lot of people think like a lot of people don't think about their health insurance like i'm real specific about with the insurance i have i always try to get like a ppo which means you can choose the doctor that you want to go to because sometimes if you're an hmo you're kind of limited to who you can see especially if you're healthy if if you have issues and you think oh i'm healthy or whatever and then you want to go see the specialist and you can't because it's out of your network and you have to pay all Mm -hmm. this money so it's something to think about that extra $50 a month that you're spending on whatever, put it towards your health because you may need it one day. Excellent point. <laughs> Excellent. They do say health is wealth. It is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So do you have a bucket list as far as running? Anything that you want to do? Goals, aspirations as far as um, running your or your business? Oh boy. I just want to be healthier. Like I'm, I'm 52 now and I'm meeting people of all ages in the gym and as a pacer. So in addition to staffing pacers, I still pace mm-hmm. because I love just, especially the two hour pace. I, I love to get someone's running a, um, a two hour half marathon. I'm like, okay, you can go even faster, like to get like 157, <laughs> you know, I'm always going to encourage people. So I mentioned that because I have a pacer. I got to double check his age. I want to say 84. I'm, I may, I may have elevated his age a bit, but hey, still, if it, even if it's 80 or 84, it's still good. <laughs> no, no, even seventies, right? I know. So, 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 so anywhere between 74 to 80, something like okay. that. But okay, okay. the fact is I'm meeting people that are like 60s, 70s that look amazing. And the fact that they're running beyond the 5k, a 5k at that. So I want to mm-hmm. be able to run longer. So not so much longer in terms of a marathon per se, but longer in my age. Yes. Just to have yes, that option. Um, you know, yeah. I want to do a 5k and win my 80th age, my 80s hey, age. Oh yeah. Or, or like the <laughs> This is this lady actually that I think she competes in the um pen relays I used to and she was like a hundred years old African American lady. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's so funny, I do have a quick story. I, I had competed against a lady. I didn't know because sometimes when you're running five Ks in particular, you don't know what all races, but five this this was a five K. I was like, Oh, I'll do this easy five K, but you don't know the ages. So this one woman made me run. She made me run. And I'm telling you, the only reason I beat her is because of the speed training that I do mm-hmm. and, and my age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my age, <laughs> speed work I do, and the fact that I'm a little faster, I think, in terms of, again, the speed work. That woman, this was a few years ago. Her name is Diane. We're friends on Facebook to this day because of that. I think at the time, I was in my 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diane was like in her 60s mm-hmm. making me run she was getting it <laughs> she was I'm telling you I thought that so I wasn't like 
caring so much to win overall, but yeah. it came down to that. But I thought she was my age group. She wasn't even in my age group. <laughs> like I said, she was like double my age group. So I'm like, I'm talking about stuff like that. So I want to be able to run longer as I get older. I want to run longer. Part of my podcast is to feature guests who've overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Can you tell me about an obstacle that you had to overcome, whether it's running or we talked about one, I guess, with your heart, that was an obstacle or anything dealing with life or relationships, business that you've had to overcome and how you overcome your obstacle? I would say my obstacle was definitely the heart, the heart issue obstacle because I had to get to the bottom of it. So when you talk about being scared or not, just the, the not knowing, I had that, that time of uncertainty. I didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on and I needed to figure it out. So I just thank God that I was able to figure it out and it didn't take that long. At the time, it felt forever. It felt mm-hmm. like a very long time. So a month is long, two months, three months is long. And that's why I just try to share as much as I can as often as I can with others, because there's someone out here that is listening that's going through something. I meet people every day that's going through some kind of pain, even if it's not just the heart side. It's mm-hmm. other other is- other issues that I really want you to get checked out because people are dying every day. Life is so precious. We had a, a death that we that we affected us yesterday, just yesterday, with our sorority. Yep, and one of my classmates passed away this morning. Exactly. T- tomorrow is not promised. Today is not promised. I mean, like, I would say live life to your fullest. That's what I try to do with everyone. I try to live life to my fullest because I know there's people probably saying, I have people close to me, like, why do you keep sharing your story? Because I have to. I have to. Yeah, we should. Because you may help someone else. I think we we're put in certain situations in life, divine intervention, not just for you, but for other people, you know, to help them. And it gets emotional because so many people have died mm-hmm. the last few years that I know personally that's in the, in the, in the journalism profession from heart disease. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if people knew as much as we now know about heart disease, and mm-hmm. I know personally from heart disease, that could have been prevented. Yeah. Well, keep sharing your story. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Question. If uh, an adult Don could go back and talk to a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give yourself? Wow. Let's see. Good question. Hmm. Boy. What would I say? I'm kind of stuck here. Um, I guess I'll, I have to say eat healthier. <laughs> <laughs> eat healthier sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I eat pretty healthy now, but I haven't always eaten healthy because mm-hmm. I did have some times when I, when the time in between of me stopping, when I stopped running to start mm-hmm. it back again. Mm-hmm. So I did have some times when I did eat an extra cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so being from Philadelphia, you got to have a cheesesteak, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I don't do the cheesesteaks. I may do a, a, at home, I'll do a, um, a turkey uh, mm-hmm. with, with fat fat-free cheese, mm-hmm. <laughs> ground turkey with fat-free cheese. So, so yeah, I would just say, if I would just say eat, eat, eat a little healthier okay. to eat your veggies sooner. I eat my veggies all the time now, <laughs> but that's eat, eat healthier would be my, my thing. I would say. Okay. okay. 
Any last minute words of advice, whether it be running or regarding heart disease for my listeners? Be happy, have fun. We have this life to live and we want to enjoy it. Enjoy the moments. If you're in a situation and you're not happy, do your best to get out of that situation. Whether you have to talk to someone, get help, see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, talk to someone, a trusted counselor or a mm-hmm. trusted friend. Life is so short, so, so precious that I want everyone to be happy and live, live a longer life, a longer, healthier life. When I talk about living longer, I want to encourage everyone to live a longer, healthier life. We don't want to be here longer with all kinds of diseases that are mm-hmm. preventable. You yes. know what I mean? And I know a number of us, and, I, and I'm that person, as I, as I found out about this um, hereditary side, because I talked to my doctor, she said, yep, that's the reason why, because it's your hereditary. But even though that's the case, we can still prevent. Once you find out, or once you know, do all the steps to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And, when, and if it does happen, don't beat yourself up about it. Just know that you don't want it to happen again. Because mm-hmm. some people, the, the beauty of it is I did not have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I, I caught it. <laughs> so so even those that are listening that have had a heart attack, it's still okay because you don't want to have a second one. You can have yes. a second one. Yeah. So you don't want to have it happen again. You don't want to clog your arteries back up. Yeah. You don't, so uh, like you don't want to have anything else or a stroke or anything else. You don't have anything else. else. Yeah. A stroke yeah. <laughs> or anything else, exactly. And same with with um, diabetes. Is no such thing as pre-diabetic. People have heard it, but it's no such thing. I had a doctor tell me that. Mm-hmm. Once you're pre-diabetic, you have it. Mm-hmm. Meaning that stop all of that. <laughs> stop the sugar. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, listen to your doctor. Some people don't take diabetes yes. seriously. And mm-hmm. even high blood pressure either, because I guess that's why it's called a silent killer, because they think that's yeah, right. Because okay, I don't, I don't feel it, or you know, I, I'll have a headache if my blood pressure high, and that's not necessarily true. No, it's so, not, because so many symptoms that your symptoms are unique to you in a lot of cases. And I actually have a quote if I could share. Sure, I heard it recently. Um, it's from a doctor, Doctor Claude Yancey said okay. this. He's a cardiologist, a well-known cardiologist. He said recently. If we could get the attention on heart disease that we now have on COVID-19, particularly since the consequences of heart disease are actually greater, imagine what we can do in terms of recalibrating lifestyles and making wiser choices. That's true. That's true. Yes. It's, it's interesting. One of my friends, he's uh, actually a trainer. We were talking about yesterday. He was talking about People say, oh, everybody in my family got diabetes. Everybody in my family got this. You don't have to be everybody in your family. Because everybody in my family got high blood pressure. I mean, (laughs) my mother had heart disease. I don't. I mean, maybe I might be predisposed, but I I work hard. And and I enjoy working out. It's not like something I have to do. It's a part of my lifestyle. And you get to work out. It helps reduce stress. (laughs) It's it's the social network. It's, It's all the things. So, it is. It helps my body and it helps me otherwise. So, oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And the same doctor, he said that he looked at his family history. He said everyone in his family, aunts, uncles, he listed like four or five people. They all had heart disease, mm-hmm. diabetes. He said he's predisposed to all of it. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, what he does. He outworks outworks out he made a little joke mm-hmm. like he does he does everything mm-hmm. that that's so that he's not getting this because he already knows he's predisposed to this 
as a doctor, as a cardiologist, I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. I was just so amazed to hear everything that he shared. And the fact that people talk about we lost so much life with COVID-19, heart disease. We had more numbers of heart disease deaths in the last two years. This whole time span of COVID-19, mm -hmm. we lost mm -hmm. more people to heart disease, not COVID, heart mm -hmm. disease. Mm -hmm. So it's all preventable. Yeah, yes. it is. <laughs> so move more, eat right. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you or your um, your business? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm on um, all social media platforms on IG, Instagram, if that's your thing. Um, run PR Dawn. Are you in like in PR personal record? Mm -hmm. <laughs> run PR Dawn on Instagram, on Facebook, my whole name, Dawn Angelique Roberts and um, Twitter. Same thing. Run PR Dawn. Well, thank you again for joining me today. Thank you. It's been fun. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email Run It Is Cheaper Than Therapy, OLB, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Run It Is Cheaper Than Therapy, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love, OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.